there's a lot of storms in our church. I know if people are watching, then guaranteed if you're breathing tonight, you're in a storm, you've been in a storm, or you're about to get into a storm, however it looks. Now, a storm in the natural realm is just is just the, is the natural order of things wreaking havoc, losing control, not how it should be. You know, and sometimes we just find ourselves in storms. Some of us just like magnets for storms. I don't know how that works. But what I do know is that God is with us in that storm. Now, if you would, if you would just um, uh, allow me tonight the privilege, um, too bad if you don't because I've already got the microphone and I have no idea what you guys are saying. Sonia sees all the notice, notices, all the notifications, but I'm going to use a Bible that I found while I was up at Sylvan this last week as I was uh, doing a few bits up there, making sure things were okay, and uh, I thought, oh, while I'm up there, I'll do some uh, preparation for my message this uh, this weekend. And I saw this classic old Bible, and uh, you'll never guess what version it is. It's a new King, it's a, sorry, it's a King James version, and it's it was given to some guy called Clive in 1960. So Clive, if you're watching, I don't know if you are, but if, we've got your Bible, all right? But we're gonna we're gonna be going um, through a few verses tonight, um, through um, obviously Mark and uh, the story of Jesus calming the storm, but uh, a few other passages which really just came to me. As we, as I was looking at tonight. Now, another thing that came to me tonight was um, that. First of all, we'll just do a recap of last week, right? A recap of last week is the parable of the sower sowing seeds, not the parable of the sower with the four different in environments, but the parable of the of the farmer just scattering the seed, you know, and the, and the seed grows and he doesn't know how, you know, that he was to release the seed to let it go. He was to trust the seed and let it grow. And then he was to watch the seed. And sometimes when you're watching a seed, it just looks like dirt, but we can trust that it's growing. You know, and in God's timing, it will reap, reap a harvest. And as it grows, it develops different things, you know, like the, the root, then it, some blade coming out, and then the stalk, and then leaves, and then and then the, then, the, then the head of grain, and then ultimately the grain, which is the most important thing. And harvest comes, and it takes the grain. And the grain is the word, the seed is the word, you know, and it, and it reminded me in Isaiah, Isaiah talks about how God's word, when he says to, through Isaiah to his people, he said, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish the purposes for which I sent it. God's word, you know, and when, when it says, when his word goes out, it comes out of his mouth, God's mouth, and his word will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it, you know, and that just reminds me of that seed, you know. Trust in God's word, people. Trust in his word. And then we looked at the parable of the mustard seed that Jesus talks about the kingdom of God and, and just a reminder that God starts with small things. Amen. And that, that includes you and me. It also includes your church as well. And anything that's worth um, growing in the kingdom of God always starts small. God delights in small things. But this week, I don't know if you guys remember, but you try and cast your minds back to March, you know, when this COVID-19 um, pandemic really hit our shores in Australia. And uh, we were gearing up to have uh, Richard Schoenmacher from PC3 come to preach at our church at, at Lakeside College. And, and that didn't happen. And the 29th of March, if you look back 
in, in maybe it's on Facebook still, yeah. You can see I actually preached on this particular passage. And the thought crossed my mind, you know what, I could just I could just record that message and just play it again on a video for you guys and you know sit back and have my cup of tea and relax, you know. And you might enjoy it because you might you might get something out of it tonight that you wouldn't have gotten last last time I preached it. But um, maybe you just don't remember me preaching it, and that's fine. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast that day either, but it kept me alive. But tonight, as I was looking at this, as during this week, I, I was tempted to just go, you know what, I'll just preach the same thing. But no, I believe, I believe that God has a word for someone tonight. I believe that God, actually, no, I know. I know that God has a word for someone tonight. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And if you've got them on your um, phones or your iPhones or whatever, and you've got the Bible app, then fantastic. You can join me in the King James Version tonight. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Pretty common couple of verses we're going to be looking at right now. Um. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we're able to open it up tonight, whether it be in paper form, in a book, or on our screens. We just thank you so much that you you want to speak to us tonight, God. And we invite your Holy Spirit to use your word tonight. Lord, every single one of us needs something from you tonight, some encouragement, some, some strengthening. So, Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. Amen. So Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Want to read it again? Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about a thing. Be anxious for nothing. Anxious. Let me just tell you right now, tonight, as I'm preaching this message, I'm not preaching to uh, to people who have. Uh, I'm I'm not a preacher that's preaching to to people and not understanding what anxiety is, not realizing firsthand what anxiety is. But this scripture very clearly says, "Be anxious for nothing, not one thing, not one thing." Jesus in Matthew chapter six. Says, don't worry about a thing. Why? Why should you worry? Can't you see the birds? Can't you hear them? Can't you see them eating? Can't you see them having all their gear, all that they need? Don't worry about a thing. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. I'll tell you what. Anxiety, anxiety, is a killer in our society. And don't just. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not. You know. Not. I'm preaching to the church too. 
it's, it's rampant in the church. Anxiety is rampant in the church. And, and, you know, we're Wesleyans, right? So we're like the holy of holies of all the denominations that are, are in existence, right? That's what we pride ourselves on. Sanctification and uh, entire sanctification and holiness and, and living a life set apart to God, you know, daily, day in, day out, becoming a, a closer follower to Jesus and, and, and looking more like Jesus in our behaviors and our responses and but we, we all fail at this one. We've all failed at this one. Be anxious for nothing. I don't know anybody who's never sinned this sin before in my life. We've, we've turned this, uh, this scripture, I think, or this, this actual, just this phrase into uh, something that doesn't relate, doesn't relate to us. And we go and see a specialist. We go and see psychologists. We go see psychiatrists. And we love popping pills because it helps. It, it helps. But the word of God, the word of God is stronger than any prescription medicine. And there are no side effects to the word of God. In our day and age today, there are, there are so many more cases of anxiety, depression, stress, burnout, it's just not funny, is it? It's not funny. It's not a funny thing, church. It's not a funny thing. And, and when I read scriptures like this, be, be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about a thing. I think to myself, well, yeah, absolutely. I want that. I want that. I want to live a life that's carefree. I want to live a Christian life following Jesus without any stress, without any anxiety, without any doubt. Who wants that? Anyone want that? This is, not, this is not a preacher that has it all together, preaching to people that need to change. This is us together, knowing that we need peace, that we need no anxiety. We need to be anxious for nothing, nothing, not one thing. Anxiety chokes the life out of you and me. Worry is a word we actually get from an old English word or French word that uh, that was used in hunting uh, with dogs with the hunting dogs they would catch the, the fowl or the duck or whatever it was and they would just hold its neck long enough so that it stopped breathing they wouldn't puncture the skin they would just hold its neck with its with their jaws long enough so the animal so the prey would suffocate would lose air they would expire well, I pray that tonight would be a prayer. Uh, uh, tonight's message would be a prayer that would inspire and not expire, because I believe that Jesus has a remedy for anxiety. In fact, He is peace. He has peace. He brings peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Paul says, "Be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing, but in." everything by prayer and supplication in everything by prayer in everything turn to the person next to you and say everything <laughs> everything in everything by prayer and supplication how's your prayer life how's your prayer life i'm not talking about your church life your Christian life, your Bible reading life, your plan, your Bible devotion life. 
That's great. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about your church attendance. Bring it on. I'm excited about singing songs in praise to Jesus. Fair enough. But I'm asking, how's your prayer life? In everything. In everything by prayer and petition. Everything. Not just church stuff. Not just ministry stuff. Not just stuff that feels good. Not just stuff we're proud of. Stuff that we're not proud of. We've all heard those prayers. Well, I don't know. I have anyway. <laughs> don't you just love those prayers? I remember hearing some people pray and they're just like, they're, they're praying like the King James Version prayer and it's just so awesome. I have no idea what they're talking about half the time, but it just sounds so great, you know. And they're just, you know, God, you're just so good. And it's all positive and it's all fantastic. And, you know, and I love that sort of praying. That's fantastic. That's good to pray. But I'm talking this in everything. In everything by prayer and petition, I'm, I'm, this is talking about prayer that's ugly prayer. Prayer that you don't want your church to hear you praying. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, you. Prayer that, prayer that you, you're not even proud that God's hearing you pray this. But it's prayer and it's connecting to God. How's your prayer life? In everything. Through prayer and supplication. Asking God for stuff. That's fine. That's fine, but with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. We're okay to come to God with asking for things, asking for other people. My goodness, I'm always praying for you guys and for my family and for other people and for myself too. I'm praying for all these sorts of things, but this is a remedy for anxiety right here. This is a remedy for anxiety right here. Be thankful. Just be thankful. Prayers that just... Just thankful prayers. Prayers that, you know, Lord, I just thank you so much that I woke up today and I remembered my wife's name. Seriously. I I thank you so much, Father God, that I woke up today and I got out of bed and my legs were working. I got out of bed today and I didn't need someone else to dress me. I got dressed myself. And I brushed my teeth myself. I, in fact, had a shower all by myself. Thank you, Father God, for that. Thank you that I could hear the screeching tires outside my house of the hoons. Thank you that my ears work. Thank you, Father God, that my eyes work. Oh, yes, I'm wrinkly, but thank you, Lord, that I can see. Thank you, Father God, that I have nothing to worry about today because you are with me. Oh, I'm not rich and I'm not famous. And yeah, I'm behind on my repayments and my bills, but Lord, you're with me. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, that my words work, that I can speak. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you for the for the for the inhale of oxygen that I've just been praying, that I've just been taking every time I've been praying, Lord, right now. Just thank you so much for that oxygen right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that I've got a roof over my head. Thank you that I've got a car that works. Yeah, it's a little bit old and maybe it needs some needs some attention, but Father, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I've got a car. Thanks. Yeah, I might have had a car accident, but thank you so much that I'm alive. Thank you, Father God, for my family. Yeah, we disagree sometimes. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for them. Thank you that they're, they're helping me to become a better person. Thank you, Lord. Am I going on, church? Am I, am, I, am I talking too much about thanks? Do you get it? Oh, your homework this week is to just spend five minutes a day thanking God for stuff. Just weird stuff, just random stuff. Just give thanks to him. Give thanks to him. You're, what you'll see is the anxiety levels shift. 
You'll feel it in your spirit. Just give thanks to him for all the little things. Give thanks to the Lord. Little tiny things. Just give thanks to him. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Not to your wife, not to your husband, not to your pastor, not to your church, not to Facebook, not to Instagram. To God. Present your requests to God. Don't worry about a thing. Give thanks and present your requests to God. Anxiety is a sin. It's a sin. There's no anxiety in heaven. Trust me. As a sin that we can all overcome easily. We worry about the littlest things. I do. Grey hair. Worry about it. Losing hair. Worry about it. Wrinkles. Worry about it. We pop pills to numb the pain, but it's still there. In everything, in the heartache, in the trial, in the difficulty, in the chaos, in the confusion, etc., 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 in the crisis, in the storm, when all hell is breaking loose, give thanks. Give thanks. And then verse 7. Then verse 7. Oh, we love to quote verse 7. Oh, yes, Philippians 4, verse 7. I'm just going to name that one and claim that one right now in Jesus' name. And we don't want to work hard with verse 6. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Whose peace is it? It's God's. It's God's peace. You can't earn it. You can't work at it. You can't strive to become more peaceful. You can't meditate more to become more peaceful. You don't get it from striving, from you don't get it from relaxing. You don't get it from hanging out with the right people. You don't get it from anything other than God. It's the peace of God. It's not the peace of Ian. It's not the peace of whoever you, you are. It's the peace of God. I like the peace of Ian. Don't get me wrong. I can relax. I can, I can listen to relaxing music. I can go for a walk. And that's all good stuff. We need to do that to overcome anxiety in our lives. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. Whatever it takes. But don't expect your peace to overcome the storm. It's only going to come through God's peace. It's God's peace. It's not my peace. It's his peace. It's God's peace. His. He has it. You, he has it. And what kind of peace is it? It's a peace that passes all understanding. All understanding. It passes all understanding. It's a, it's a peace that, that overtakes all logical reasoning, all rationality. It's a peace that passes 
all understanding, all understanding. It's a piece that says, I don't see how this is going to work out for good, God, but I'm giving it over to you and I'm being thankful for what I've got in my hands right now and I'm, and I'm trusting you with every single thing about whatever I'm going through right now. And it's that, that peace that carries you through it. It's the peace of God that passes all logical reasoning and understanding. It passes it all. It's the peace that says in the midst of chaos, I can smile knowing that God is with me. It's a peace that looks insane to your relative, your unsaved friends and your unsaved relatives. It's a peace that makes you look like you've got some kind of mental problem, like some kind of slowness, like you're not all there, like you're not together. It's a peace that passes all understanding. It passes understanding. I don't understand how I'm going to get through this. I don't understand why I've got to go through this. I don't understand where you are in the midst of this. But I'm thanking you for what I've got. I'm giving it all over to you. And I'm not going to be anxious for anything. And he comes through with his part. The peace that passes all understanding. And what does it do? It guards. It guards. Tonight's message is called, Don't Let Your Guard Down in the Storm. It guards. The peace of God guards your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. This, this word for guard is a military word in the Greek. It, it's a strong soldier that is impenetrable. Nothing can get past this soldier. This soldier is guarding your heart and your mind. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart. In other words, your passions, your feelings, your emotions, your vulnerabilities, your sensitivity. It will guard your mind, your creativeness. Your, your ideas, you, you, you're inventive, you're, you're industrious. It, have you ever noticed that when you're stressed out or you're anxious about something, your creativity levels just plummet to zero? Get your guard up. Don't let your guard down. It's not something that you strive for, remember. It's something that he does for you. It's his peace. And it guards like a soldier. Don't let your guard down. Don't let your peace down. Anxiety. Psychologists have said anxiety is like a pilot flying a plane. Now, we watched the, the movie Sully a couple of weeks back, and it's a really good movie. And it's about this pilot, and the, and, and the, the, the plane hits some, some birds, and they have to land the plane in the Hudson River. It's based on a true story. But, but anxiety is like, like a pilot being in, imagine yourself being a pilot in a plane, right? The plane of your life. And you're looking at the, the dials and the instrument panels and the gauges, and they're all telling you that you're about to crash. They're all saying your altitude is dropping and, and it's going to get bad and, and all of a sudden you're going to crash and you're going to die. But all the time, those gauges are broken and they're not reading 
the right readings from the outside environment. That's what anxiety is like. Anxiety is like that. It makes you think that you are flying lower than you really are. You cannot trust your own senses. I know. We need people around us that we can trust as gauges. But that's not all. We need peace. We need perfect peace. We need God's peace that passes all understanding. That's what Jesus has. That's what Jesus is. That's what Jesus does. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says that Jesus is, let's turn there, Isaiah 9 verse 6, that's one of the scriptures for, for tonight, Isaiah 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. If peace were a city, Jesus is the ruler. Jesus is the ruler of peace. Jesus is the ruler of peace. He is peace. Peace in the, in the crisis. Peace in the storm. When all hell is breaking loose in your life, Jesus is right there with crazy peace. Peace for you and for me in the middle of it all. So we don't have to worry about a thing. We don't have to care for anything. Which brings me to our reading for tonight, which is Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. And the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. Let's just stop there. We know the story. We know what happens. We know what's coming down the road. We know what's coming next in this story, right? It all starts out really, really good. They've just had a fantastic day and Jesus has been preaching and teaching amazing parables that no one's understood except for the disciples when they ask him the question about throwing out seeds and the word of God. It's just amazing. Isn't Jesus the best? And then all of a sudden it's Jesus's idea to get into the boat with his disciples, and he says, let us pass over to the other side. Did anyone notice that when we read the reading? Does anyone notice that when you're facing your own storm? I believe we could just stop right there, and, and that's a message for someone tonight. You're going to get through this. You're going to get to the other side. Jesus said to the disciples, let's get in a boat and go to the other side. And then a storm comes. What's the point of worrying about a storm when Jesus said, you're going to get from this side to that side? What's the point of worrying? What's the point of anxiety? Jesus said with his own words, this is what's going to happen. You will get through this. If you're listening tonight, 
you will get through this. If you're going through an anxious moment in your life, a storm, so to speak, you will get through this. It's going to happen. You're going to get through it. And in the midst of it all, he is there. He is there. You know, this is the only part of my Bible I can find Jesus sleeping or God sleeping anywhere. I can't see it anywhere. He doesn't sleep. So what's the point of all of this? I think he's trying to teach the disciples something about storms and about his presence and about what they can do in the midst of the storm too. You see, as we read through, something confuses me about the words that Jesus says to his disciples. Let's just go through, shall we, from verse 36. And when they had, uh, when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, Jesus, even as he was, in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships, other boats. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care that we're going to die? We care. Care for nothing. Care for nothing, says Jesus. Care for nothing. Don't you care that we're going to die? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, thank you so much for opening opening up this situation to me in prayer, uh, giving me the opportunity to answer your prayer for you. You've got amazing faith. Doesn't he doesn't he doesn't say that. Who is who is Jesus? Tim, who is Jesus? Josh, who is Jesus? Who do we believe Jesus is? Is he just some kind of a man? Who is he? Feel free to answer. He's God. He's God. They're a bit shy. That's right. Me too. But he's God. We believe Jesus is God, right? And the disciples, they come and talk to God. They wake him up. It's like prayer. They come and have a conversation with God in the midst of the storm, and they say, God, can't you see me going through this? Can't you see us trying our best in this? Can't you see us striving? Can't you see us taking in the water that was once outside of this boat? Can't you see us losing control of this situation that's now overpowering us? Can't you see the destructive forces that are around us controlling our own very lives right now? Can't you see this, God? Can't you see what I'm going through, God? Can't you see this marriage breaking up, God? Can't you see this unemployment situation getting getting the best of me, God? Can't you see how I'm feeling, God? Can't you see what I don't have, God? Can't you see this person treating me harshly, God? Can't you, can't you, can't you? Don't you, don't you, don't you? And I believe in prayer like that. Why not? You're talking to God. He's big enough to deal with anything we bring his way, right? He just wants us to be real with him. But Jesus, he answers their prayer by calming the storm and saving their lives. And then he says, you've got no faith. What's wrong with you, disciples? Where's your faith? Maybe, maybe, maybe just maybe, 
God wants to do something through us, not just for us. Maybe in the storms that we face, they come our way, not because God doesn't like us or because or they don't come our way because God doesn't like us or they don't come our way because he doesn't care about us. It's not like God's asleep. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the hardships come our way, the, the struggles and the crisis come our way, the dilemmas come our way because he wants to do something through you, not so much for you. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that? Because I know plenty of people that are doing amazing things in ministry that have gone through hard times and learned those lessons and now they're able to minister to people that are going through those things this very day because God was with them in the storm and, he, and, they, and they understood that God was trying to teach them something. He was trying to use them in it. Jesus declared peace over the storm because in Jesus there's no, there's no storms. He didn't have any storm inside of him and he was able to declare peace over the storm because he was peace. He had perfect peace so he could bring it. Some part of me believes also that as Jesus was declaring, rebuking the storm, rebuking the waves and the wind and the storm, and saying, peace, be still. At the same time, I believe he was really quieting the storm that was inside of every one of those disciples' hearts on the boat that evening. And rightly so. We're, we're emotional beings. We're human beings created in the image of God. We have emotions. We have feelings. We have fears and anxieties. It's what we do with those that matters. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. What we find here is that Jesus' promise to them in verse 35 was kept. Maybe they didn't have faith in that promise. Maybe that's what Jesus was saying. Where's your faith? Where's your faith in what I said back on the shore when we left? Where's your faith in what I said? Maybe. All the while Jesus is teaching his disciples, all the while he's teaching you and me if we're willing to listen. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Fear should drive us not to run away, but to fight. Anxiety should drive us to fight. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, this is the last scripture that we're going to look at tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Let's go to verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not things you can see 
They're not for the flesh. They're not against flesh. They're weapons that are against things that you can't see. Anxiety. The weapons that we war with are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Anyone got a stronghold tonight? Anyone watching this uh, sermon with a stronghold? As a stronghold in your life, it's, it's, it's holding on strong. We have weapon. We have a weapon. But it's not, it's not actually ours. It's his. And he gives it to us. It's the peace of God. It's the peace of God that passes all knowledge and understanding. And it will guard your heart and your mind. It will guard your thinking. It will guard your emotions. It will guard your creativity. It will guard your planning. It will guard your constructiveness. Can we go backwards? Before this peace comes, what must the disciple of Jesus do? Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about a thing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, present your requests to God with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So what we're going to do is we're going to finish with prayer. Trusting in and focusing on the presence of God tonight in the storm. And we're going to give thanks for what we have. We're going to give thanks for what we have. All right, so if you've got someone there next to you, hold their hand and let them know that God loves them and that they're going to get through it. They're going to get to the other side. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We've got a God who is above everything. His name is over every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every, everyone must kneel, bow, and submit. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for breath in our lungs. We thank you for hearing we thank you, God, that we can hear the birds outside our house tonight, just getting ready to nestle down for the night. And we thank you, Lord, that we could learn from the birds that there is nothing we need to worry about. You provide for them. How much more for us? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we're alive. Thank you, Father, that there are people that love us. Thank you, Father, there are people that pray for us. Why don't you just spend 30 seconds thanking God for something right now in your life? Father, we thank you so much that you are in the storm with us, that you are for us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We thank you, Father God, for the peace that passes all understanding. We thank you that your peace guards our hearts and our minds through Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the peace. You're the prince of peace. You're the bringer of peace. You have peace. 
you hold peace. We thank you that you are guarding our hearts and our minds right now as we surrender all of our cares over to you. Father, you are our God tonight. Every other name must submit to the name of Jesus over us tonight. We declare in our own hearts that Jesus is my King. There is nothing I need to be afraid of, nothing I need to fear, and the storm will only drive me further towards where you want me to be because you are with me and you are for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me the strength to get through each and every storm in my life so far. Thank you that I'm here today to declare that you're a God of breakthrough, that you're a God who is able to get us through the storms. Thank you, Father God, for the stories and the testimonies that we we have because of your faithfulness in those storms. Lord, help us to never forget how good you are, how faithful you are, how powerful you are in the midst of the storm. And Lord, we declare tonight that you are the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. My prayer, Father God, is for any with anxious anxious hearts tonight, God. We bring the anxious hearts to you, God. We pray release in Jesus' name. We pray that the dogs of of anxiousness would release their grip on the life-giving word of God in our lives, that we might stand on the promises of God. We might live out the promises of God in our lives, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We declare this in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us be bringers of peace, Lord, into our storms, into our realms of existence this week, Father God, that each one of us would be examples of your peace, your powerful peace, and that, God, we might be able to encourage each other as we walk through the storms together. Lord, help us to never ignore the storms or or say that the storms aren't real. Help us to never just be mind over matter. Lord, help us to be wise in how we face the storms, God, together. Help us to be sensitive to others, Father God, in the midst of the storms. But, Lord, help us to realise that you are the owner of perfect peace over everything. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.